0: welcome everyone to last song standing i'm cole Kushner,
1: and i'm charles holmes and in the second season of last song standing we're diving deep into one of the most complicated and complex artists of the generation frank ocean cole and i are debating our way through his entire catalog in an effort to decide what's the greatest frank ocean song of all time
0: Last episode, we kicked off the season trying to decide the best song off of Frank's debut album, Channel Orange. Charles picked Pyramids, and I went with the far superior
1: song, Bad Religion. All right, all right, stop, stop. We will have we will have room anyway. On today's episode, we're going back to the days of Share links, jacket for beats, and pissing off Don Henley. That's right. We're talking about nostalgia. Ultra.
2: Sink full of dishes, pacing in the kitchen, cocaine for breakfast, yikes, no more, don't even listen to the songs I record, but well, she be banging that Drake in my car, got some pretty good beats on this 808 CD, yeah, yeah. 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 still believe in me, my wives
1: won't ask me why, cause I just don't believe in you should <laughs> be
2: love love good times,
1: yeah. yo cole i am so excited the blog boys are back this is my time this is what i was put on this earth for how are you feeling <laughs> were you a blog boy cole
0: i was not it's the same answer as last episode you didn't have
1: a favorite blog
0: um not right or two dope boys not not right was that more that was the more popular one right Or Dat dat Piff was the one I always kind of went to.
1: Dat Piff is a mixtape site. Oh my gosh, Cole. Take me back to the days. Oh man, you would go on to Dope Boys. There would be a new Cool Kids record. You'd be like, oh shit. And then like it would have some sample and it would immediately be taken down. You're like, all right, fuck, this sucks. (laughs) But anyway, we're not here to talk about the Cool Kids, uh, but we are here to talk about Nostalgia Ultra. And for those that have forgotten or are listening for the first time, the rules of Last Song Standing are pretty simple. Each episode, we cover one album and we are forced to crown, you guessed it, the last song standing. That means we could choose one song off each album, the one we think that is better than the rest. Then at the end of the season, we'll have a Royal Rumble finale where we'll bring the best songs we've chosen from each album and duke it out until we both agree what is the single greatest Frank Ocean song of all time.
2: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. See website for details. All right, Cole. Now, usually, this
1: is the part of the podcast where we talk about novel sales, cultural impact, and themes. But for the purposes of this episode, I think we came to an understanding that for Nostalgia Ultra, you have to go back to Frank's origin story. So, you are Mr. Dissect himself. Can you kind of describe to the audience who Frank was at this point, where he's coming from as a songwriter?
0: Yeah, I'm t- well, Charles, I'm taking you all the way back. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking to story, so I have to I'm go all the way back. I'm taking you all the way back, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Go. All right. Frank Ocean was not born Frank Ocean. He was born Christopher Edwin Bro in 1987 in Long Beach, California. At age of five, his dad left the family and his mom moved Frank and herself to New Orleans. And so this is, you know, the place where Frank is going to spend the majority of his childhood His formative years all take place in New Orleans. Um, He's interested in writing and singing from a very young age. He cites car rides with his mom, listening to Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and Nina Baker as his earliest influences. Um, And he's working, like, when he gets to the teenage years, he's working odd jobs, like, literally mowing people's lawns while he's pursuing and getting better at writing and singing. And by age 18 in 2005... Uh, He moves into the dorms at the University of New Orleans. 2005 is also the year that Hurricane Katrina strikes New Orleans. And so just a few months after he moves into the dorms, all his recording equipment is destroyed by Katrina. The studio that he was working at was also uh, flooded and looted. And so essentially he found himself without, you know, this new place he was living, he had to move back out had no way to record himself, and this, you know, eventually leads him to move to Los Angeles. Um, He originally went there for six weeks and ended up staying indefinitely because things were going so well. And this is really where the origin story of the Frank Ocean that we know
1: today, you know, really, really begins. All right, but Cole, I think what is one of the most important parts of Frank Ocean's story and is honestly one of my favorite pastimes is shitting on record labels. So, <laughs> you... <laughs> no, I'm being very serious. So... I think what you have to do to understand Frank is that he has a massive chip on his shoulder by the time Nostalgia Ultra comes out and it is successful beyond what anybody thought. And that is really because um, he had been working in L.A. writing for different artists like Brandy, John Legend, uh, Justin Bieber. And I like this one quote that he says. I'd sit in those studios for hours, but I wouldn't write any line that was as good as the lines being written in the rooms next to me. I had to elevate. I was looking at it like an athlete then. Like I just wanted to be better than everybody else. So by this point, 2009 hits, he meets legendary producer Tricky Stewart, a songwriter, A&R for Deb Jam, and he signs with them. And immediately he is shelved, which at this point, I am not surprised because if you are alive at this point, uh, you could not sell an R&B album. So it is very... It is not surprising to me that somebody at this point who has a name that, I'm sorry, is as boring as Lonnie Bro is just not going to make it in the industry. But then something happens. Odd Future uh, scares so many little white parents and their children (laughs) across the nation. So, Cole, why do you think Odd Future is kind of what it takes to ignite Lonnie Bro's career and transformation into Frank Ocean? Yeah, I think, you know,
0: I, I just put my myself in Frank's shoes and he, you know, he's get signed to one of the most notable, respected labels uh for this genre of music in Def Jam. And probably assumed it was gonna be a pretty transformative moment. And then to realize, you know, he was immediately just gonna be ignored by the label that just signed him and probably not giving him any money.
1: Definitely not giving you any money. Come on. <laughs> you, you know, like <laughs> Sorry, yeah. you know, and it's Love like you.
0: he was a, a successful songwriter. He was making good money, you know, writing for the likes of Brandy and for Joseph John Eber, Legend, John Legend, yeah. Like, All of so those they,
1: songs, if you go back and listen to those songs, it is very funny because, like, as much as we're like, oh, Frank Ocean is an amazing songwriter, which he is, the songs do not sound the same when another artist is singing them. He is very much at this point what I would call a journeyman. Um, in terms of like his pen, he's not a Neo in any sort of the imagination in terms of like giving great songs to other artists, just my opinion. Don't kill me. Frank,
0: (laughs) I think, well, I mean, he's an artist, you know, he's a songwriter, I would say secondary to being just an artist. And so, you know, this kind of sends him to a dark period. He said at the time, quote, I was in a real dark time in my life when I met them speaking of odd future. And I was looking for a reprieve at 2021. 20, I had a couple hundred thousand dollars from producing and songwriting. I had a nice car, a Beverly Hills apartment, and I was miserable. And here's this group of like-minded individuals whose irreverence made me revere. The do-it-yourself mentality of odd future really rubbed off on me. So, you know, there's a lot to get into with odd future, um, just who they were. But I think what this quote taps into and what really pushed Frank was this DIY mentality of all right. I might be signed to Def Jam, Def Jam but I'm going to I'm going to do this myself. I'm just going to, you know, this leads directly into Nostalgia Ultra, creating this album 100% on his own with his friends and releasing it for free on his Tumblr page without any promotion or any announcement. He just kind of drops it. And I think, you know, I don't think Frank and you you probably know more about this because you're more on the streets than I were, and you know had your ear (laughs) ear to the ground during this time. Ear
1: is that the streets call?
0: But like Frank was always kind of like he seemed a little bit outside the group. He came in later. He was this R and B type singer who also could rap well, but like he and he was older and he also had money. I think. But I think the
1: the thing that's funny though is like Frank isn't so much an anomaly in terms of like when we think about the R and B singers that we remember what does The weekend have to do? The weekend has to release House of Balloons. Drake has to give it the co-sign on his blog spot before that blows up. Jeremiah. Jeremiah signed at this point, and he has to release a mixtape for his label to be like, oh, Jeremiah exists. Same thing with Miguel. Miguel had released a debut album that did not do what anybody thought it would do. And for people to care about Kaleidoscope Dreams, he has to start tossing out free music. So I think when we think of the artists, the R&B artists that are still kicking an- around, at this point, Frank is of a lineage of like, hey, the labels do not know how to sell modern R&B music and they don't know what the future of R&B is going to sound. And I think Odd Future was a perfect example of they give somebody who had already been part of the machine and the system a new way of doing it. And they set him free by being like, hey, you don't need any of these people. You don't need Def Jam. You don't need Tricky Stewart. Just give it to the people and then overnight it explodes. So Cole, you go back. So you listen to Blonde, right? We established that in the first episode. The first album you listen to is Blonde. You listen to Channel Orange. Then he gets a nostalgia ultra. At this point, is the mixtape even something you can still download? Because I don't think it is. No, I've, I've only listened
0: to it on YouTube is really, you know, the tragedy of this album or this mixtape is that you can't listen to it anywhere aside from YouTube really. Um, so I never got the experience of actually downloading it and hearing it, you know, that way. So I'm curious, you gotta take me back to your first time. Did you download this like in the moment type thing? Or like what yes, was your first time? I remember experience?
1: downloading this. I did not know what Frank looked like. Like this was at a point where like every b artist was like, look at me, I'm so mysterious. Like I didn't know what the fuck like I didn't know who Abel Tesafay was in the weekend, I didn't know who Frank was. I just saw this car, Nostalgia Ultra. The first time I played this album, I absolutely hated it. I was just like, what is this? This It's not my R&B. Fuck out of here. And I (laughs) go back to it for some reason in like a week or two. And I don't know what happened, but it just unlocks and I'm just like, this is the only thing I'm going to listen to for like three months straight. So this, I definitely remember listening to it. And I think the other thing that was weird is that we're still in an age where I have an iPod. But I play CDs in my car and listening to a mixtape that has all of these samples of like a cassette going into a player and little interludes and all of these things. It was something that I was not used to hearing as much in my iPod. I was like, this is this. Is, it would just threw me for a loop. Mm. And that's what I think. It took me a while to be like, OK, I get Frank Ocean, the master marketer. Looking back, because I didn't think of the themes or of this project until today. What do you think like the themes of Nostalgia Ultra are? Because it it is a mishmash of a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, to me, the way I conceptualized this was you know, there's, there is a theme and then there, there is kind of a storyline, but not really. It's kind of, I compare it in my mind to like what section 80 was for good kid, mad city for Kendrick. Nostalgia ultra is for channel orange, where you see a lot of the seeds of themes and concepts that will be you know, much more developed in their later projects in these early works. So that's how I think about nostalgia ultra. It has a concept, you know, it's, it's, this meta play on what a mixtape is, which is originally cassette tapes. Yeah. The mixes that you make for your friends and like, which is super interesting at this time, I feel like where the mixtape, what a mixtape is, is kind of... mm, being called into question a little bit, just because like, what is the difference between a mixtape and an album now that they're streaming, now that there's these download sites?
1: I mean, even think of Lil Wayne. Like, it's just like Nostalgia Ultra is so interesting because Lil Wayne becomes the best rapper alive, essentially like taking other people's songs and throwing his own verses over them and being more popular than the original song. A mixtape, what we knew it to be when 50 Cent and G-Unit are rapping over other people's beats, all of that shit. You put that in an R&B context but for Frank, I have to be real. Uh, this is me just going back, being a black person at that time. It was so wild because Pitchfork was just like, "Yo, can you believe it? Hov and, B- Ho and Beyonce were at a Grizzly Bear concert. Black people like indie music. What the fuck?" <laughs> so it was just very much when Pitchfork still had like the juice like that, and they could tank, like they could tank a person's career or they could make it. Mm. Frank Ocean comes out, and the first song you hear is over a Coldplay sample, yeah. or one of the best songs features the Eagles Hotel California just like lifting it. And then he's like singing over an MGMT song. So I think that to your point, we weren't really used to getting a mixtape yet that we're like, this just sounds like a person's album. If this wasn't, if we didn't know that these were all samples, Nostalgia Ultra at that point sounded like, okay, this is a little rough. But this kind of just sounds like a debut album. And one of the quotes that I found that makes this kind of like to me a proto Channel Orange is he said to Complex, a lot of this record is influenced by one relationship, but I don't owe that whole project to one situation. It doesn't matter what the details of it are. And I found that line so interesting because it's like we know for a fact that Channel Orange is a lot more blatant about that relationship. Yeah but still in the soldier ultra, did you even see some of the romantic storylines oh, yeah. being like, he's pointing towards something.
0: It, I mean, it's, it's all, it's right there in the beginning of the record. You know, it's a, it's, you hear this cassette sound, the name street fighter. So we get the nostalgia of video games, but uh, then we were kind of like ushered into this world with strawberry swing, which is very much about this early romance and, you know, the nostalgia of this really touching relationship that he, you know, would literally give his life for is what he says in that song. And then there's this alarm clock, and he wakes up, and then we get the song Nova came, which is all about being numb after falling in love with this person. In the story, it's a woman that you know we'll talk about, I'm sure. But you know, we know Frank like loves to fictionalize emotions, and so that contrast between him being nostalgic about this early relationship and the present day reality of him yearning for that type of feeling but feeling numb to everything because that that initial romance was so strong and tainted everything thereafter. That's, that's the whole concept of of this project. If there is one is that him going through all these songs, kind of like channel orange, going through these journeys of these songs, trying to get back to this nostalgic feeling where he was in love and calling back to that summer, that, that powerful summer when he was in love with this, this guy. So um, the seeds are all there. All the Frank Ocean seeds Of the artists that he would become are pretty well formalized for someone's debut project that didn't have any funding like this is a phenomenal project that someone just created on his own like it's it's fantastic going back to it
1: i was shocked at how it's it's, a great thesis statement it's a great like a college kid where you're just like okay this kid is very smart if they get any money and backing and time like real time and real push there's a reason why we're all like, oh my God, Channel Orange, he did it. Because the to Ultra, I'm just like, this just, even going back and listening to it, I'm like, this just needed 15% more and it's there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so take me back to the time and the reaction too, because I didn't live through it. So you got like, obviously this kind of transforms his his reputation overnight. He gets like the Beyonce and Jay-Z co-sign, the Kanye co-sign. Like, do you remember this era of
1: him just kind of overnight being this? this- oh yeah. Okay. it happened so fast in a way that back then it was still novel like vir- virality as a concept at that point is still something new where mm. we're watching people on YouTube big music videos like okay go and we're just like oh my god like, what you know we weren't used to somebody going viral every second of the day and you having to mm. keep up and I right. think Frank was one of those artists I would put Frank the weekend who they drop a tape and then a place like Complex is tracking them down or Frank is taking a photo with Beyonce. And I just remember this feeling of like within the next few months, Frank Ocean almost overshadows most of Odd Future that's not named Tyler the Creator or Earl because I think one thing that everybody felt at that time is odd future is a little less fully formed. Like if you go back to Tyler Creator's like right. first mixtape bastard, yeah. it does not sound as polished as Nostalgia Ultra. And I think very, very quickly, you're like, wait, how did Odd Future make an artist that sounds this mature and put together and come to find out this has been somebody who's been in the industry has made thousands of dollars has written for people and very very soon frank is like it's just like yo frank is on Watch the throne what the fuck like you have to think like nobody was talking about frank then a couple months later you're just like he's on the biggest
0: Um, he opens doesn't the album open with his voice with no church in the wild
1: like back then i was like wait what i was just listening to him on a mixtape what the fuck so yes it was it imploded but here's the thing we have a segment for this because I think I'm going to stump you mm, okay. with these facts. We're going back. So it's time for our album trivia section, or as we like to call it, Super, Super Quiz, Quiz Kids. Kids. Super Quiz Kids is where Cole and I attempt to stump each other with little known facts about the album. Whoever gets the most questions correct will get first pick in the last song standing segment at the end of the episode. Cole. I am so ready. I was just like, dog, I didn't bring my best foot uh with, with the last episode, but I think <laughs> like I have you. Like, wait, can I go first? Yeah, go for it. All right, so, one of my favorite songs, There Will Be Tears, features a sample of Mr. Hudson's song of the same name. Now, do you remember the title of the Mr. Hudson album that There Will Be Tears comes off? Oh gosh. No, I do not. I do not. <laughs> like, I do. The, t- the title is perfect. Like, the title is really good. Okay, what is it? <laughs> this man called his debut project Straight No Chaser. Like, <laughs> that is. If I was in a. If I was in like a. A music studio, and I was just like, damn, you know what a white boy RB singer would call their first album? It would be straight no chaser. I knew you wouldn't do this. Hey, I was a Mr. Hudson fan, so I can I can make fun of him. Or like, do you remember Chester French? I don't. Justin, do you remember Chester French? Please get on this mic. I know you do.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I remember <laughs> I remember Chester French. Uh where where are we going with this Chester French? Can
1: we business? play a little bit of Chester French
3: here?
1: just to prove my point at this point if you were a if you were like a label or you were like a rapper you always had like the white boy in the crew who could kind of sing and you're just like all right here like here's just a french uh but then we got post malone and everything kind of went downhill (laughs) anyway i knew i was gonna stump you with that one cole hit me with your question
0: okay this one i'm really proud of and in my you know i did frank for season three of dissect in my research for that season which is extensive i did not learn this fact back then i learned it for the research of this show and i'm really proud of this so in the song american wedding a man and a woman have a shotgun wedding and the woman signs the marriage certificate miss kennedy he says mrs kennedy is one of the lyrics is what she signed her name as do you know what this last name, Kennedy, is in reference to? And I'll give you a hint, it's not the presidential family per se. Damn it. That's not that's not exactly it might have something to do with it, but it's not exactly what I'm looking for here.
1: I don't. Like you stumped me already because I I was listening to this song and I was just like, is this the president Kennedy's? It can't be. And I knew I should have researched it. Fuck. Okay. What is it? Kennedy was
0: the name Frank Ocean was going to call himself before he came up with Frank Ocean. So he was hanging with this music collective called the Midi Mafia. And one of the, one of the artists in that mafia said, quote, while we're doing nostalgia ultra, he had been toying with the solo name the whole year and a half while he's working on it. He said, I think, I think I'm calling going to call myself Kennedy. And he was like, JFK, literally JFK was going to be his name. And so before Frank Goshen, was was Ke- either Kennedy and or JFK, which is just All right. so See, cringe. This is,
1: this is a perfect <laughs> quiz back because this just shows you how every single artist is just like one wrong move away from I being know, the wackest right? person ever. <laughs> Like we would have never talked about, we would never have a whole entire season devoted to an artist named JFK or Kennedy. Jeez. Woo. All right. This is my second one. I don't think you're going to get this either. So. Def Jam after totally, I believe, I don't know if this is completely fact, but there was a rumor that like Def Jam was trying to sign Frank Ocean and they didn't even know he was on the label. I don't know if that is like a real real deal story. Like, but anyway, once they figure it out that he's already signed there. They wanted to release Nostalgia Ultra as an official Nostalgia Light. It wouldn't have had all the songs because not all the samples could get cleared. But there was going to be two additional songs on this that were rumored. What were the two the two songs? What were their names?
0: Was one of them the Acura Teg Girl or whatever it's called? Yes, it was. That was one of them. Okay, I don't know the I don't know the second one. <laughs> What's the <laughs> Do you second one? The song one? Whip Appeal whip appeal
1: no whip appeal <laughs> is this leaked have you listened to this i i have not listened to it in a while okay. i'm pretty sure it is out there though so whip appeal was the other song that was going to be rumored to be on nostalgia light that just never got released i'm pretty sure frank went on his tumblr and be like yeah don't ask me about this it's not dropping ever okay so that was mine so damn neither of us have gotten one on the board
0: i got half i got half
1: you got what? half all right that's yeah. a half point that's a half point correct
0: okay so second question Okay, so as we talked about, Frank sung from an early age and cited those car rides with his mom listening to Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston uh, as early influences. But then he heard one artist that dramatically changed his perspective on music. Who's that artist? And bonus point, if you can name the exact song by the artist that he heard that
1: changed his life. Can you give me a hint? I'll take, like, I'll bump, I'll, like, give me 0. 0.25 off of this. Like it'll just be 0. .75 if I get it. Just give me like one hint. Oh
0: god, it's hard to it's hard to give you a hint without just giving it away. It was an eighties artist. Eighties artist, yeah, ish.
1: That's good. That's it. I get eighties. Just think I'm just about it. Like, it's not go. genuine. I. That's why. No, genuine. What are You talking Genuine is not from the eighties. <laughs> it was Prince. G I C That's. Every every nigga is influenced by Prince bro that's like <laughs> that's actually a tricky question because I'm just like damn I should have just said Prince everybody's just like you know who's great Prince God okay so it. let me
0: what, let me read what? you the quote so she he told GQ when I used to sing when I was younger my mom would be like stop hollering it used to make me all self-conscious about how I sounded like my tone of voice or how loud I was then I discovered Prince at my mom's friend's house uh she used to have him on like every day and I didn't pay attention at first, but I vividly remember the first time I heard beautiful ones and this grown man singing for his life. Immediately, I remembered it clicking like, okay, it's okay to holler and scream and everything, like express yourself. Prince basically made it all okay. So yeah. Shout out R.I.P.
1: Prince, the legend. That's such a <laughs> sweet quote. That's, it's, alright, fine, you win this one. You got 0.5 on the board. So, guys, that was Super Quiz Kids, my favorite part of the entire pod, but now we've set up the history and the themes of Nostalgia Ultra, it's time to move on to our next segment of the show, the nominations.
3: And the winner is Frank Flipping Ocean. Frank
2: Ocean, the winner is Frank Ocean.
1: Remember. The goal of each episode of Last Song Standing is for Cole and I to determine the single best song from a Frank Ocean album. The songs we select over the course of the season will then duke it out in a season finale Royal Rumble. Well, we'll be forced to agree on the Last Song Standing, the single best Frank Ocean song. Right now, we're each nominating what songs from Install to Ultra should be in contention. Cole, you got first pick last time, so I'll start us off today. Now, this is just the one that is like really, really close to my heart, and I can't believe I'm picking it because it's thrown over a sample of a band that I just cannot stand musically
0: are you about to pick what i think you're about to pick because it might be also my first pick
1: dog strawberry swing is yes. so dope. Yeah, yes yes strawberry swing is so dope <laughs>
2: oh my god I can't i'm believe so happy agreeing. you said that every moment was so-
1: I was like here it almost didn't make my list because this is like like my favorite song like off this entire project but I'm like it's not objectively the best but it is the one where I'm like if you're going to start your debut mixtape with a sample and it's gonna be a Coldplay sample you have to make it so fucking perfect, yeah. Because it's just, I'm just like, it's gonna be corny. It is just any yeah. other RBRs. artist. I'm just like, dog. If I hear a Coldplay sample, I'm gonna run. And he just, I don't, I don't know. This it just does something to me. And I think what I actually love about this song so much is that the original Coldplay song from 2009 is not this dramatic, really. Yeah. It is almost like a very, like, wistful, nostalgic-sounding song. So what he does is, is that he takes that backing, that backdrop, that sample of the song, and he puts these very apocalyptic, almost end-of-times lyrics over this. And to stage this romance that he's talking about, like, it, like it is the end of the world. It's something that is going to kill him. is just is so amazing. My favorite lyric is, like, he says... Say hello, then say farewell to the places you know. We are all mortals, aren't we? Any moment this could go. Cry, even though that won't change a thing. And the way he just sings it with so much emotion, to your point of like how his mom was like, stop hollering. Like that is like the moment where he just like cuts to your core as a human. Yeah, I feel so corny just picking this song, but I don't know why I love Strawberry Swing so much. Am I off base by, like, how much I'm praising this song, Cole?
0: No, this is my first pick. Like, I'm so shocked, because I thought you were for sure were going to shit on me for this pick. Wait, no,
1: <laughs> no, no. Cole, I'm like a... I'm an asshole, but I'm not that bad.
0: <laughs> no, it's like... I mean, conceptually, the perfect st- you know start to this project, because it's a pre-existing song, so he's playing into the traditional idea of a mixtape, to your point, about Lil Wayne rapping over other people's beat. This is something people were doing, but not at least in my memory not something that R&B artists were doing as much as rappers taking a beat and rapping over it. And like, also
1: rappers weren't like like Lil Wayne would do it sometimes, but a lot of times you would just take the beat, you would like put your verse over on it and that would be it. Right. They are not like taking a song and then making a complete new song on top of yeah. that, especially it, in R&B.
0: Making a better song cuz that's the thing here. Coldplay is the arguably the biggest band in the world at this point and it's a pretty bold move to take. I mean, I think "Strawberry Song" was a single. It wasn't like a big single, but it was you know one of the stronger songs on a very popular album. And he made a, I think, an objectively this "Strawberry song. song" is
1: so much better than Coldplay's version, like drastically so. And it's like, here's the thing: as much as I want to hate on Coldplay, do you know how amazing it is for a twenty-something-year-old R and B artist with no major pop songs to his name to be like, "I'm gonna take Coldplay song." and i'm gonna make it
3: better
0: (laughs) yeah and yeah again to like the conceptual start of it it's like if you notice the the detail so frank in retrospect but it starts like lo-fi it starts purposely bad quality as if this is him singing over a real cassette tape and then it kind of like like morphs into high fidelity as the you know the intro goes on and he starts to sing more and more and it's like one is just the perfect concept of like this mixtape idea but also just kind of feels like you're being like brought like literally brought into this memory uh where it's kind of fit hazy and then all of a sudden we're like in that world we're in his mind him this dream state of him reminiscing about this love and the thing it's like yeah he, he takes so what he did i think is like in the original song coldplay sings they were sitting talking on the strawberry swing everybody was for fighting wouldn't want to waste a thing so that that one little line everybody was for fighting which is not developed or anything in the Coldplay song he basically takes that premise and then develops an entire song around it so yeah to your point like it's this apocalyptic setting um where he's talking about you know the, this love feeling so strong that he would kind of die for it and in the bridge we like literally get this like Titanic scene where he's saying he's saying spaceships are lifting off of a dying world and millions are left behind while the sky burns there wasn't room for you and I only you goodbye, goodbye. So it's like, we get this image of, you know, Frank's lover being abducted by UFO, but it's all about him just getting his heart broken and this guy leaving him. So this is so Frank to take this, the seed of heartbreak and, you know, that emotion that you get post, you know, someone leaving you envelop it in this beautiful narrative. And to your point, like I have this highlighted on my, my notes here, like that second verse you called out, Holy shit. Like, we talk, I talk a lot about the moments that gives me chills or like brings tears to my eyes every, like, even where you're just reciting those lyrics, I was getting teared up. It is such a beautiful moment in the song. Uh, like, that's like when he says to the places that you know, and he does that little descending, like, if I don't know if you can hear it in your head, but oh my God. Say
2: hello then say farewell to the places you know.
0: like crushes me
1: when he sings even though that won't change a thing i just here's the thing i did not know who frank was when i heard this song for the first couple times i have no face i don't know the story i don't even know what a lot of frank ocean fans would come to know about this love his first love um with another man and it just hits you that's how you know it's a good lyric because i don't know any of that backstory yet and the way he sings it still like punches you In the gut so much, I'm just like I don't know who this guy is, but I just want to give him a hug. Uh, (laughs) It's just this. Actually, thinking about it, this is just such a bold way to start off a mixtape. It really,
0: especially your first. It's it really is, and and the
1: alarm clock at the end going back. It's still so effective of like because immediately he goes into a song that would end up becoming like a bigger hit, but like that alarm clock almost. He takes you into that dream world to your point, and by the time you wake up, I'm like, no, 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 no! I want to go back yeah, to Strawberry Exactly. We get I literally exact, just want to go back. We ex-
0: get the exact feeling that he's feeling of like, yeah, we don't want this to end. And the genius thing is that he transitions to the Coldplay version of the song as the outro, which is the best part of that song. The original is the outro, and of course, Frank nails it and just plays that part. Is the only part that we hear from the original, and it's like it's that weird kind of dreamlike state where it's like oh frank is in this dream world singing over this song but it's also an actual song so then we hear the actual song at the end of the song and then we get the alarm clock as if like we're in frank's shoes being woken from this dream that we don't want to leave and you get that feeling you do not want to leave that world of the song and it's we get that same rude awakening and it transitions brilliantly into novocaine which I don't know if you're you're good with moving on because Novocaine is gonna be my my first choice.
2: can you taste? Little taste, baby, baby, Oh
1: no. Wait, no! What no? No! What? Really? <laughs> Come on, man. Here's the thing, Cole, you make fun of me every single episode. You're like, Charles likes to pick the singles. That's Charles. He's like <laughs> da, 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 da. Charles like Spangers. Uh. <laughs> Come on, man. Leave Novocaine in the past, dude. This, really? This song has not aged well. This is actually, should we do my first bit? Should we go to crack rock takes? Oh, cue it up. Crack rock, crack rock takes. All right. This is my big crack rock take of the entire episode. I only have one. Justin, can you turn on your mic? Because I need I need two people to, to weigh in on this. All right, I'm here. I think Novocaine is just death of autotune for dumb hipsters. <laughs> Explain. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to read you lyrics from Novocaine.
3: And by death of auto tune, you mean the Jay-Z, death of auto the
1: Jay Z, the Jay Z song off of Blueprint three that all of the old heads were
3: like, yeah, hope just saved music. Wait, 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 wait! I wasn't that far from being <laughs> an old old head then.
1: We auto tune <laughs> was dope. I don't know what people were complaining about. T T Pain like was so hot, you could like come on. I love T Pain. I would listen to any T Pain album over Blueprint three every single day of the week. Anyway. I'm gonna read you lyrics, and this is why going back to Novocaine. I'm like, this cannot be in contention on any single Frank Ocean list. All right, every single record, auto tune in, zero emotion, <laughs> muted emotion, and then he goes pitch corrected, computed emotion, and he just keeps going on. And I'm like, ugh, like this is just very, this is very early 2000s, 2010s people being like. Auto tune isn't real music, guys. And what's so fascinating to me about this is that Frank Ocean's entire career would go on to be him manipulating his voice in the weirdest ways. He starts off blonde with Nikes. Nikes is just, when I first heard Nikes, I'm like, shut this shit off, bro. I, I think Kane, like there's more lyrics in this where it's just very... Man, I'm just living in the valley and all these people are super empty. They're snorting cocaine, but not me, man. I'm soul. <laughs> like that's what Nova gives me. I'm sorry, I'm done shitting on Novocaine. But is that crock rock take out of here? Like, am I being dumb, Justin? and Cole.
3: I I, I always kind of just kind of breeze past those lyrics. Like I I never I never really like latch onto those. I'm I get more focused on the Metarech Coachella. Like I th- that that's the part that feels like very dated and stuck in time to me, and I'll I'll, let, I'll leave I'll leave the con- discussion on whether you guys would rather go see Z Trip or Jay-Z. will <laughs> leave that to you guys. Um, but I kind of just I I like it. I hadn't considered it. I like the take. Um, I also think it's funny that he says that though, and then uses Mr. Hudson's voice on "There Will Be Tears," which is very okay. Cool.
0: Let me just step in because you guys are missing the point. Come on. Charles. what no
3: no no don't don't because you're this is catnip
1: to you cole you are this is literally like you're mr kendrick you're mr like yeah give us that real shit like nah fuck out of here anyway cole, go go because
0: he's not i mean he's using auto-tune like every fucking thing else in the song is an analogy it's a metaphor what does he say right before that he says i think i started something i got what i wanted i can't feel nothing even when i'm fucking viagra popping so he's comparing this numbed, emotionless feeling with using auto-tune to express this computerized, numb feeling that he has, this emotionless, computerized feeling. I don't know if he's really shitting on autotune because he uses autotune on the second biggest single on Here Swim Good. He literally mimics Kanye West with autotune on that song. I think he's just he's just using it as a symbol. I think you're I don't think he's actually shitting on autotune.
1: No, he's shitting on a certain type of artist that uses auto tune. Like, let's be when he says every single record auto tuning, it is a jab at like a lot of other. You you have to admit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He's he's basically saying y'all y'all ain't use it like I use it, which I'm just <laughs> kind of like shut the fuck up. <laughs> All
0: right, well, let me make the case for no. I right, make the case.
1: Make the case. This is your nomination. I'm stepping on it. I'm very uh, sorry. No, Go I
0: mean. To be honest, it's not the like, it's not my personal, like favorite song, but it means a lot to the Frank story. I think this was probably the biggest song on, you know, Definitely. maybe because, yeah. This so, is the lead single, I'm, I believe. Yeah. So I, it's important to his origin story. And for me, more than the sound, and there, there's a few songs on this record that I feel the same way about, more than the sound of the song or the song itself, I just love the concept of it. And it shows those seeds of what he would do way better in his later work with this pretty intricate story of, you know, another lot, you know, this love loss that he keeps returning to just ruining everything for him. And so that the whole, I think I started something is, you know, just, I think everyone knows this story. It's pretty straightforward, but he falls in love with this girl at Coachella. She's, uh, you know, doing porn to put herself through, you know, dentist school. So she's both beautiful and she's, you know, smart. And the sex that they have, the relationship they have makes him numb to everything else post this relationship or this fling or whatever it is. And, you know, by verse two, we get this really cool cinematic flash forward where he's saying sink full of dishes, pacing in the kitchen, cocaine for breakfast, bed full of women, flip on the tripod.
1: Oh, I didn't say yikes Cocaine for breakfast <laughs> You gotta do it You gotta do yikes. it Yikes <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't Pick this song the, You have to admit Cole The yikes Like it really Takes you out In a way Where I'm like This was definitely That time Of Hashtag
0: Yeah yeah yeah
1: Ad lib rap Anyway Continue Yikes. The worst part is that it like solos out, so it's just yikes, no music. It's just, yeah, so. you <laughs> thought that was so. You know, he was in the studio being like, This is about to kill him.
0: It did kill him,
1: but anyways. Objectively, we, dude. <laughs>
0: okay, anyways, but it's really cool. Like, it's so storytelling, Frank, where it's like we get the relationship, and then verse two is all of a sudden we're in this future state where he's chasing this feeling. He's doing drugs. He's having sex with all these women all in, to chase this feeling all because of this model bra with the Hollywood smile that he keeps returning to. Um, but this leads me to my cue, my music, Cole's Conspiracy Corner.
1: Oh, hell yeah. All right, let's go.
0: This is my segment of the show where I give Charles my wildest conspiracy. He tells me if I'm full of shit or not. This one, the question is, is Novocaine, the title of the song, <laughs> the rare septuple on
1: All right.
0: <laughs> septuple Man, is seven. What are we seven. doing, Cole? Okay, let me walk you through it cuz I actually think I actually think it's a sextuplet for sure okay the seventh one is where the one i'm really questioning all right so number one on the surface novocaine is the anesthetic that dentists use that's obvious this is aspiring dentist okay all right. number all two right. novocaine fuck me numb sex to numb the pain so he's likening sex with this girl to novocaine that's that's, that's yeah. come on
1: that's in yeah. there that's in there okay number three I- i'm just thinking a little bit you know what kevin kevin is our wonderful producer can we get a, like a little sound effect but be- before each like a ding ding or a all right <laughs> that's gonna be that is we're good okay. we're two okay
0: you're okay. You're, two. you're trying
1: to get to seven right
0: i'm trying to get seven yeah all
1: right there's two two out of seven continue to the third okay
0: so this is where it gets interesting because novocaine is spelled n-o-v-o-c-a-i-n-e but the song title is Nova N O V A Kane C A N E. This is this sets bells off in my head. Why would he change the spelling? So <laughs> no, So Nova is a star that suddenly increases its light output tremendously and then fades away to, to former obscurity. So this Nova type explosion to me is a pretty obvious in terms of like a drug experience or a sexual experience or orgasm. Like, damn, Cole, no-
1: you have Nova experiences over there. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> shout out, shout out Mr. Dissect. Anyway, continue. Wait till, wait
0: till I get that channel orange cock ring. Um, <laughs> okay. So then, but Nova is also a woman's name. I had to some research on this specifically Nova is a girl that shows intense beauty and outstanding intelligence. You can go on uh, Urban Dictionary and there's like multiple- Wait,
1: what? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Where, is that- are, there are, is is multiple. There, are you citing it's, Urban Dictionary?
0: It's not one. I, I wouldn't cite it if it was just one definition and like that was the only one. There's multiple people giving this essentially the different wording of the same exact definition of a really hot girl that is also smart. So I think that's there. That's another reason for the NOVA. I think we might
1: have to call in a referee. I'm on the fence with that one. Like, I don't. Justin. All right, Justin.
0: Justin,
3: uh, I don't know. How many Urban Dictionary definitions are there using it?
0: I would say at least five. And they're all like the top. At least You can go right now and check. It's At least four. I would say maybe even five. So it's not like a one-off. That
3: doesn't make for good good podcasting if i <laughs> yeah. urban dictionary right now but he says like brains like um,
0: berkeley like he's implying this girl's smart and she's got the hollywood smile she's beautiful so who's, it, this to me it's a perfect
1: exploitation like
3: that girl's a nova
1: like you know what like what <laughs> all right
3: yeah i've i've never heard that but I'm, I'm gonna say this he's got apparently five people who logged into urban dictionary separately and look at practice. the upvotes look at the upvotes um, it's i I will. I will not. But um, <laughs> what, I, what, what I will say is, um, you're trying to get to seven. Let's put this one in like a maybe category. And if you need this to get to seven, yeah, this is a
1: maybe
0: for me. We'll, that's I'm fair. on defense.
3: We'll get you. We'll get you across the line. If we if we need this. To okay. Get you to so
0: seven. number five, cane, is slang for cocaine. That one's I think pretty easy. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's a, a That's a co- instinct, Cocaine yeah. is also an anesthetic. I've. The parallel there, pretty pretty clear. Number six, Kane, spelt C-A-N-E, is a crutch, just like a woman or a drug being used as a crutch in this situation. That's six. That is six very logical, I think, very logical meanings.
1: You're not selling me on the song as something that we should be putting in the nomination category the more you go on. But I'll give it to you. I'll give. Okay. it. So you are currently at five. What's the one that you were? I need to know the one that even you were like. Okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure if I can land this
0: one. This one, I'm pretty proud of it, even if it's like a, re- a reach. Um, uh, it's a very well researched reach. So, the seventh possible one. Have you ever heard of the synthetic psychedelic drug, twenty five B N B O M E?
1: No. <laughs> okay. No.
0: So this is a designer drug that came out in 2010. Its nickname was Nova in the song. He says, I can't feel my face. What are we smoking anyway? He says that he asked that twice. So if we look at 2010, if we look at the Coachella that he mentions in here, he says, I went to see Jay Z. You went to see Z trip. So the only year that, Both Jay Z and Z Trip were set that performed at Coachella was 2010, precisely the year that this Nova drug was introduced as a designer drug in the streets. So, Nova, what are we smoking anyway? The answer is Nova.
1: Hey, yeah, we got to disconnect your Wi Fi, bro. (laughs) You're done. You're (laughs) cooked. Like, you are a couple. Like, here's the thing. I need your wife to monitor your YouTube habits, cause you're just like one or two YouTube uh, videos away from going down a dark, dark path. Hell no, bro. No. Okay. No. No. That's even a reach for you, bro. That's a pretty, thing.
0: a pretty wild coincidence. Five. I'll just say it's a pretty wild co- coincidence. You got
1: five, like <laughs> five. Okay. We should ask if we're gonna be honest. Was getting the five worth it? Because I hate this song more <laughs> now than I did going.
0: in. Okay. See, you're surprising me left and right on this this season so far. Because I thought for sure Novocaine was going to be your it was first my jam. pick. It was my okay. jam back then. Okay. But we
1: grow. We grow. We ain't playing <laughs> Novocaine in the whip no more. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can I go with the superior single off this? Uh, okay. All right. I knew you were going to go here. Go ahead. How- All right. Sit down. Sit down, Miss Sassy. All right? The superior single of Nostalgia Ultra is Swim Good. I'm about to, drive in the ocean. I'ma try to swim from bigger than me. Like, Swim Good still sounds good in 2023 in a way that Novocaine doesn't. So, it's funny... Swim Good, I would never say, obviously, it was a big hit. It's obviously the second one that comes off of this tape that everybody pays attention to. And I really think shows that Frank can do this consistently because when you have Novocaine, you have Swim Good, you have Thinking About You, very, very quickly, that's three hits in a row that yeah. can put you on the map. But I didn't realize just how well-written this song was until I sat down with it and I was really paying attention to the writing. And I was just like, for this man who's this young to write a pop song, essentially, that is this existential and weird and dark is not something that's easy. Because if you go through the story of this song, it is essentially this narrator... um, who has this broken heart, who's driving this Lincoln car into the ocean and he's swimming away from this mysterious thing that's bigger than him. And the song to me almost unfolds like this suicide note, the protagonist, he's dressed for a funeral and it culminates with this voice saying, don't die. And I just think the metaphor and the symbols in this song are so perfect. When he says, kick off my shoes and swim good and swim good, take off this suit and swim good you when you're listening to the song it does not evoke this idea that someone is going to essentially off themselves uh after this heartbreak but when you listen to it you're just like oh oh okay you've really snuck uh the cyanide pill it's something that (laughs) otherwise sounds very very sweet and forward i remember listening to this on the radio and that is what i think is the genius of frank at this point if i'm Actually putting on my critic hat, if you take Novacane and Swimgood as two parts of the same whole, I think Frank Ocean is tapping into something that Drake was tapping into, The weekend was tapping into, um, this whole new generation of R&B stars where... This new drug culture, especially pills, especially drugs, whether it's like lean, all of these things that Future would go on to rap about a lot. It wasn't that these were all new drugs, but it was a new way of discussing them in terms of just like, what do you think of before this? Most songs about drugs are either about selling them or about like weed, like Snoop Dogg, the fun of it all. And Novocaine and Swimgood both have this tinge of either running away from pain, running away from this, catastrophic love trying to numb yourself from it trying to not feel and that's what i think attracts me to swim good so much is because this could have been the dumbest metaphor of all time you're just like oh (laughs) frank is just in the water he's going to the ocean but when you really really sit down with it you're just like oh no okay there is there is something dark in mr ocean here and uh, yeah i just love it the beat as well sounds aquatic in a way that like if you a lot of people try to do aquatic beats and they sound terrible. If you're not Timbaland, don't do it. And I think that it this pulls that off. This pulls the like the Noah 40 Shabib. We're gonna act like everything is underwater. We're setting a vibe shit. It does it to a T. Swim I want to ask you, Cole. Why is swim good in your in your estimation lesser than Novica? I'm not sure.
0: I think they're pretty equal in my mind. I can see why someone would gravitate more towards Swim Good just because there is some like corniness to Novocaine, some of those bars. And it's more like a, of a fun song uh, or at least sounding So where Swim Good is. Yeah, it hits a lot of marks that you would want in a song in terms of like it makes you feel good. There's a good vibe to it. It's also very deep, intellectual, very expressive. Like it, it has everything that you kind of would want in a song. So I don't know if I would say one or the other. I was, to be honest, I could have been, I would have been equally happy picking either Novocaine or Swimgood. I knew you were going to pick one of them. So I strategically just let you Stop do that. So saying
1: that. You make <laughs> it sound like I'm so
0: basic, dude. No, but like, look, here's my question about I wanted to pose to you because like definitely on the surface, it's about this heartbroken guy that's suicidal that, you know, driving his car into the ocean. But is that just like a metaphor for uh, a symbolic death? Where actually the song is celebratory. It's like, it's about him moving on from this person that broke his heart. Finally, you know, there's a lot of momentum in the song. He's driving, he's, he's moving forward. The ocean water is like very traditionally a symbol of transformation and rebirth. So is it more like a, a liberating kind of death more than it is
1: a literal death? So. I absolutely think you are not wrong. The reason why I don't think it's completely positive note is that it ends on a question mark. It doesn't end on an exclamation point, which is also what makes it weird as a pop song. Mm. Most pop songs like Swim Good, even if they had the same lyrics, would end on the triumphant note of like, he is swimming away this is a metaphorical death in the same way that like strawberry swings we start off in this dream that is almost like an apocalypse of nostalgia of this love this dream world is crumbling that he has to wake up from and i think this similarly has a what are the last words the don't die don't die don't die that is not i wouldn't say that that's a positive note that is almost like a it's a very mature way of stating essentially that just because you swim away from this catastrophic love, just because you kind of have this death, this ego death over it, does not mean you're making it out the other side unscathed or making it out at all. He's leaving it up to interpretation, which is a very Frank Ocean thing to do.
0: No, yeah, 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 maybe he's doing both. And that's kind of the, the mystery of the song is the point, right? It could be both, uh, just like a breakup could be both. And also, like, I mean, to my mind, he's saying the word ocean. Like, does this is this the transformation into Frank Ocean? No, no.
1: All right. I have if it is, I wouldn't be surprised because he's in his early twenties and that's a very like early twenties thing to do. Because here's yeah. the thing too. You you love Eyes Wide Shut. I finally watched it for the for the first time um yesterday. And it made me understand Frank Ocean so much more. Because it definitely is like you're gonna you're gonna see a Kubrick film when you're a teenager and it depending on on which one, you might like make your entire personality around it. <laughs> and watching Eyes Wide Shut, like he has the sample of Nicole Kidman uh, yeah. yelling at Tom Cruise about like, you don't understand women, women want sex too. And that's <laughs> it's like sure, dude. <laughs> Go off. why do you why do you think really quickly why do you think a movie like like eyes wide shut was catnip for frank ocean well i mean
0: there's a lot of layers to it and what it is on its surface is not really what it is and it's a sex movie but it's really not it's about intimacy and it's about authenticity and the mask motif is like everything right like when the when that crazy sex orgy is happening in eyes wide shut they're all wearing masks which is like this metaphor for like human desire and unrestrained human desire and the mask that we actually wear is our real face when we're out in the world that's what tom cruise's character represents is like this really naive guy that doesn't think women have sexual fantasies and doesn't think that uh tries to pretend that you know when he's you know doing his doctor stuff like if a beautiful woman walks into his office is that is just business that he never would ever have a you know, sexual thought about a patient and it's like nicole kidman's all incredibly frustrated that he that he not she's not getting the real version of her husband uh and that's essentially like tom cruise trying to take off the mask that's the journey of the out or the of the, st- the story i'm getting off on a tangent here but that's so frank ocean like just like that's catnip for me i think Someone that's putting so much thought into stories, storytelling, and layers, and getting to the heart of human emotion, and expressing that through story—like Eyes Wide Shut—is perfect. Like a lot of Kubrick films are are like that. Uh, so I would, I would think that's that's the reason why he's attractive. I mean, to it.
1: even if you think about how this album starts off with a dream. What is Eyes Wide Shut? What is the inciting incident? It's Nicole Kidman's character telling Tom Cruise about this dream that she had with another man. And they end the movie essentially coming to this conclusion that dreams are dreams. Sometimes when you wake up, you have to move on with your life, even though the reality of the situation is you still want all of those things that were in this dream world. And these two kind of coming to this Understanding of each other. And to me, if I'm a young Frank Ocean, especially who on this project is not yet comfortable completely revealing that he had this transformational love experience with a man, mm, that right. in a lot of his music, he has compared to this dream state, this nostalgic summer love that right. he had to wake up from, he had to move away from. I'm just like, I could see how Eyes Wide Shut would be like, oh no, this is like the perfect. Or template. even like
0: the, the idea of wearing a mask, you know, yeah, like he, he exactly. said coming out and, and doing the letter was extremely liberating in the same way, changing his name to Frank ocean was liberating. Like you can tell during this time he was going through a very, as we often do in our young twenties, like very transformative, finding out who he is uh, and just embracing that. Um, so yeah, it makes perfect sense why it'd be attractive.
1: Sorry, him. you went off on that tangent, but I, I wanted to, oh, I, I just it. wanted oh, to talk to you about this. I love cause, it. <laughs> Cause I know, I'm almost 99% sure that we're both going to agree on the third song. Are you? I don't think
0: so, man. You don't, don't think so? I don't think so. This one is like, even for me, a little bit of a wild card. Is it my turn? Is it your turn? No, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. So. Wait,
1: if it's, it's a wild card, can I guess then?
0: It is a very close between two songs, but yes,
1: go ahead. If it's a wild card, you seem like an MGMT fan. Oh, no, no. actually what? No, Wait. I
0: don't know. I like MGMT, but I, I don't think Frank's version's better than the original.
1: All right. It's not better, but it's dope. Wait. Okay. Then I was totally off base. What is it? We all try.
2: I still believe in man. My ask me why. Because I just don't believe we're wicked.
1: I know that we sin, but I do believe Your face i wish people uh, could see your face what <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay Justin? okay let me read this in okay
3: um i i c- c- can i just interject right here to make a guess is this a uh, is this keeping in line with the kubrick thing where frank ocean denies the moon landing in the song <laughs>
0: yes the the very popular conspiracy theory that kubrick actually staged the moon landing Okay, we all try. You don't
1: like this song? I've never thought about it. Like, it just, it's a song on the tape. (laughs) This is, all right, please tell me. I'm actually very, very fascinated. What do you find in this song?
0: Okay, so it's admittedly not the best song on the album. It probably won't be my pick, but I had to talk about it. Also knowing that you're probably going to pick what I think you're going to pick for the next one. I just wanted to give it a little bit of love. I don't need to go on at length. It. I think mostly this is a, okay. This is a rare case for me where the music, or the the lyrics and the message of the song transcend the music and the actual song itself. Where I'm so connected to the message being said, even in its fla- in the flawed expression of it, which is very on the nose and very unlike Frank, especially in retrospect. Some of these lines, I just love, and it, it's a it's a kind of a sucker spot for me. This, this notion of like trying, of essentially what the song is saying, like there's all these things in the world, all these fucked up things in the world, all these disagreements about religion or war or abortion and all this shit. But at the end of the day, underneath, there's a commonality between all of us is that and it's we're all here on earth trying. No one knows what the fuck we're doing on earth. We're all floating on this planet, like in the nebulous of space and like, no one no one knows what the fuck we're doing. We can try to pretend that we do. We can put on these masks or these these fronts, but at the end of the day, everyone is just trying to get through, to to push the proverbial rock up the hill. And just to have a chorus saying we all try conceptually just cuts me to my kind of philosophical, empathetic core that I just I just I I get I don't know. I can't justify the pick in terms of like. It's the best song, but the message of it I really love. um So did that, that sell you on it, or at least give you a little bit of why? I'm, no, I understand
1: now why you like it. You have you have access to a part of your heart and humanity that I closed off uh, a while ago. So I understand this. This is why you're my friend. Like I'm just like, oh man, this is what real happiness looks like. Cold. <laughs> no,
0: it's really I just, not. It's actually the most like depressing view of the world but it's also like optimistic it's the it's the choice to be optimistic and to see everyone
1: as yourself i guess my issue with this song and this is what i also have to remember is like this is if anybody's just like is this an album or a mixtape this is a song where i'm just like this is a mixtape this is somebody trying something and frank would go on to say To talk about social issues, like Nike's is a perfect example. Nike's is a song that at first I hated until I like really sat with, and I'm just like, this is a very, very brilliant way to tackle Mm. a very heady subject. We all try is just a twelve year old taking like smoking a joint and being like, Dog, what's (laughs) up with abortion, bro? Yeah, I'm just like (laughs) <laughs> Frank, I don't know early 20s I don't know if you you got the range to really I think that's why I this. like it
0: because I do like that it's like messy and very transparent like it's just here's what it is I'm not masking anything in ambiguity here's what I think and like I don't know again I can't justify it too much but I did want to, to give it some light
1: I would just say if I think it's okay if some singers mask it like it's 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 like, it's like Ebro being like dog Drake don't talk about black issues. I'm just like, yeah, we don't need him to. I mean, I don't, <laughs> we don't really, I don't need militant Drake. I don't need Drake starting the revolution. In the same way that Frank, I th- I think ambiguity, if we've learned anything from his greatest songs, is one of his strengths. Like just don't,
0: yeah, yeah, don't yeah. put
1: too much of a ball on it. This All isn't a cool- bad song though. This is like a, this is a fine song i was just surprised because i was just like there's another song in this tape where i'm just like this is cold core like this is quite literally cold core (laughs) okay well let me just point out this one last detail
0: because it's pretty cool so we all try very optimistic kind of point of view okay the next song on the tape is optimistic by radiohead we don't hear any of the vocals but the song is called optimistic and then the chorus of optimistic is you can try the best you can you can try the best you can the best you can is good enough Like, literally, the song We All Tries Message is in Optimistic by Radiohead, which is on the tape. And then we get, you know, what's a Radiohead that bitches just want Joe to see? And then that goes into Songs for Women, which I want to talk about at some point. But let's get to your pick.
1: (laughs) Okay. I was sure. I was just like, this is no this is no offense to your people, but I'm just like, if there's br- one thing that <laughs> white people love, they love themselves some Hotel California. You know what I mean? I know that this, <laughs> this goes off. I know y'all be like, y'all be alone at y'all white parties. You'd like, yo, somebody turn on Hotel California. <laughs> so for Frank to have, this is, this is only something that you can do when you have the unbridled like ego of a young 20 something is to be like, I'm gonna take Hotel California and I think I can reveal something new about the song. Because nine out of 10 RB artists are just like, dog, you're high, get the fuck out of here. But similar to Strawberry Swing, I think Frank Ocean actually did have something to reveal about Hotel California and himself as an artist. Going back, American Wedding is just not only such a good song. But it is a song that is really, really, really hard, in my opinion, to pull off. I took so it's about this narrator who's reminiscing about this rushed teenage marriage at a courthouse. Then after the wedding... <laughs> The bride turns in what sounds like a very, very problematic term paper on Islamic marriages and like Islamic weddings and arranged marriages. Yeah. Then she asks for an annulment and the husband begs the wife uh, to stay, but then relents. And it, it ends on this dour note of, oh, if you stay, you'll probably, probably leave later anyway. It's love made in the USA. On the surface, American Wedding seems like such a uh, almost very like sweet and cloying song if you just are listening to the voice, if you're listening to the instrumental. But when you actually pause the song and tap into it, it is this young man having very, very complicated feelings about marriage as an institution. And I think that it's the best song on this project about the thematic underpinnings of this. Like, I think there's two types of nostalgia in Nostalgia Ultra. There is the text, there's the physical of it, whether it's Radiohead or the Eagles or the interludes that are named after video games like Street Fighter and Soul Calibur. But then there is this coming of age, it's teenage marriage, it's reminiscing about fathers that you did have and fathers that you didn't. And I think American Wedding does the best job of pointing towards a feeling that I think so many young people feel where a love seems so pure and burns so hot that we can do it. We can do what 50% of the people in the United States never can. We can get married and live happily ever after. And slowly through the song, Frank is just kind of like, in a very dark and humorous way, unraveling that and poking holes in that um i even think like the details of this are so sublime the fact that now this is my can i do a conspiracy this isn't really a conspiracy corner like i think that this is maybe text but i was like listening to this i was like wait i never picked up on this before so the teenage couple is broke right cole
0: yeah he says you can have my mustang that's all i've got in my name so in terms of implying poverty yeah
1: it implies poverty right but he sings got a wedding band done that I just might die with and then he talks about a a um purplish blue tattoo, a tattoo that is like going is either infected and like I was just like, oh, this is such a smart way to talk about like this broke teenage couple who can can barely afford a ring. Mm. So one of them gets a tattooed ring on their finger that's infected that they're yeah. going to die with. It's <laughs> just such a little, like a little detail that yeah. I never picked up. And I'm just like, this is such a young man writing this. And it just points to toward an album like Blonde where every single song has that little detail where you're like, oh, this is why you can listen to this album 100 times and walk away with something new each and every time i love american wedding i was surprised i thought i don't know you just can't Why? why are you wait why are you surprised american wedding is a good song people like american for, wedding
0: i thought for sure like the white like your the critique or the cliche white thing would just you would just roll your eyes at this song
1: no 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 i think when i was younger I was like, fuck American Wedding, fuck the Eagles. Because we also should say that this was a massively controversial song. Uh, The Eagles were not happy. It is very hard to find American Wedding, where at least it was. You can now type it into YouTube. But Frank had to take (laughs) um, all of the songs down. He was not allowed to perform it live. Um, The Eagles went after him. And he actually said something very interesting. He said, quote, They threaten to sue if I perform it again. I think that's fucking awesome. I guess if I play it at Coachella, it'll cost me a couple hundred racks. If I don't show up to court, it'll be a judgment against me and will probably show up on my credit report. Oh, well. I try to buy my shit cash anyway. They asked that I release a statement expressing my admiration for Mr. Henley, along with my assistants (laughs) pulling it off the web as much as possible. Shit's weird. Ain't this guy rich as fuck? Why sue the new guy? I didn't make a dime off that song. I released it for free. If anything, I'm paying homage. Yeah, like, that's pretty, dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty dope. Like, imagine... <laughs> I'm tell Henley this. He was basically like, yo, fuck off. Th- this is why, going back to it, in the moment I was just like, eh, American Wedding, I think this song's aged incredibly well. Can we they ask really the have, other yeah. white boy on this podcast, uh, my main man, Justin, am I bugging, or has American Wedding aged better than it had any right to?
3: I thought it was a novelty back in 2011. And I listened to it a couple times this week in preparation for you guys discussing the album, and I knew that the song would come up in one form or another. I like the song. Yeah, it's yeah. a good storytelling song. <laughs> it's... Um, I, I gotta say my favorite part, though. He kept the guitar solo. Yes! I know, I <laughs> know. The I know. And he kept the guitar solo. <laughs> just every single last detail. Just took Don Henley off and just put himself <laughs> right in. Um, I like American Wedding. I... Think it's you know it's it's an interesting choice for this exercise, but I have a lot of affinity in my heart for this song, and I'm not even a big C- Hotel California guy.
0: Me neither. See, that's my thing. Like, I never you, y'all just connected with points, Hotel yeah. California. You're just y'all just trying to look cool. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and that's that, I, I, but um, I'm going to agree with you in that it's aged way better than I remembered when I first heard it, and when I was listening to it this week, I was like, oh, this is actually really good, and maybe. It, for whatever reason it connected now and some of the stink of the original hotel california i was able to ignore just uh just the feeling that i get with that song because it is such a popular song it's you know i heard it so many times growing up um and never really liked the eagles ever uh in my life so but i will say <laughs> damn <I> goal <agree>. <laughs> <laughs> what for real
3: look you you're talking to a couple guys right here that love kubrick movies so i assume he also loves the big lebowski oh, yeah so there you go so like at an early age if you get into big lebowski you learn to not are y'all
1: gonna kill me you learn. i watched the big lebowski wait i didn't get it i was just like this is a version of like whiteness that i just don't (laughs) have like i just don't have anything for like i watched it probably when i was in high school and i'm just like i don't know any dudes like this in my life then i grew up and i was just like oh i get it like i get the big lebowski back then i was just like man this is a This is an undiscovered white man in my uh, personal journey that I have not (laughs) unearthed. Anyway, wow, Cole. I like American Wedding. Let's recap because I think we were way more civil, generally, besides me. like I want to apologize. I went in on you for Novocaine. I was being a dick. My bad. But anyway, we both agree on Strawberry Swing. Phenomenal song. Then we had to duke out the biggest songs from this album, the pop songs from this album. Cole picked Novocaine. I picked Swim Good. And then Cole just, (laughs) he pulled a Cole. (laughs) He picked We All Try for his third pick. I picked American Wedding. Before we pick the best song off this album, The Last Song Standing, I want to give us like, let's do a one to two minute ISO, Cole. What do you think is the worst song off this project? The song that you're just like, ooh, okay, this is a miss because I have one. It's songs for women. Oh, songs for yeah. women, easily. Songs it's for women like, was like going back to uh, it. I was just like, ooh, oh, it is, oh, okay.
0: It's unfathomable that's a that's a Frank Ocean song. I it's I every time I listen to it, I'm in disbelief that Frank Ocean made that song. It's like a par. It almost feels like a parody song. Like I, it I does. get it's like like it's it lighthearted. Like and that's,
1: songs like type just like like, cliche r&b from like the 2010s i'm just like this is a song like chris brown would sing
0: like was he trying to be meta on purpose like what is it kind of a parody song or do you think he's being sincere about it i I just can't tell like if it was a parody song it's almost like not satire enough to where it feels like that and to put it on the album is just i don't know it's such a weird spot and it's like if that song was removed i feel like that the mixtape would actually get a lot better which is weird to say
1: so I think the song definitely sounds like one of those demos that you like yo this is hot and for years everybody's just like yo songs for women is the one right because you're thinking maybe Usher s- sings songs for women and he gets it across the board like you need hmm. you need a big name to sell something that is this inherently cheesy yeah and I think Frank just if I'm doing like Conspiracy Corner, I'm just like, this is one of the songs that he would play for years, be like, yo, that's the hit. And he just throws it on there. And going back, I'm just like, Swim Good, even Novocaine are so far superior to this song that is easily trying to be a radio record. Just, ugh, this is songs for women is not great. I want to attack you on one. Nature feels still good. Is it corny? Like, even in the moment, was singing over MGMT corny? It's just. The way you see, I,
0: it, it grew on me this past week, because when I first reheard it, I was just like, "Oh, this just doesn't work for me," and then a couple more listens, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 good." It's, it's not just, as good as the
1: original, though.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna tackle that big song, it's like, you know, arguably St- "Strawberry Swing" he made a better version. Arguably "Hotel California"
1: made a better version. There will be oh, tears. Oh, are you? He- damn, the whites are going to... I know. (laughs) know. They're going to attack you. I I would rather listen to American Wedding than Hotel California, but damn, Cole. I know it's a classic song, but... What's harder then? Do you think it was harder to pull off a Hotel California flip or to pull off an MGMT flip?
0: Yeah, you would think it would... I would think
1: it would be the Eagles.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, because it's such an iconic song. It's like, oh, you're gonna take that on. You better really nail it, and he does. And his voice sounds great over that instrumental, and it this and it plays into the nostalgic theme. Like it hits all the points. And so, MGTMT makes very specific music. And I don't know, you, just the way that he comes in with that. <laughs> What's he say? He's like, I've been meaning to fuck you in the garden. Like, whoa. oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a
1: wild first line. I was about to defend it, and then I was just like, Shh, damn, Cole is right. That is. Oof, yikes. All right, you know what? You know what, All of them can't, can't be winners here, all right? But with that out of the way, now that we've made a case for what songs from Nostalgia Ultra are in contention for Frank's best of all time, each of us must choose our last song standing, the song we'll bring with us to the season finale, Royal Rumble.
2: Before we reveal our picks, though, let's go to a quick ad. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, dot Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. All right, we're back. And it's finally time to reveal our
1: last song standing from Nostalgia Ultra. Cole, you won our trivia challenge with 0.5 points. <laughs> what are you picking? I already know. I can guess. It's easy. I know what Okay. are
0: But it's not. Okay, here's, here's the thing I've been thinking about all week. I just need a little consultation. Can the song from Nostalgia Ultra that is in contention for Frank Ocean's best song be his remake of a pre-existing song? Like, conceptually, I'm like,
1: probably not, right? So, I don't want to set a bad precedent. I'm not saying we are doing Lil Wayne next. I'm not saying that we're doing that. But, are some of Wayne's best songs over other people's beats? Yes. So, I'm not saying that you can't. But it does get dinged to points. It does. Like, we're just, if we're being real, if we're being real critics about it, the song almost has to be not only the best off Nostalgia Ultra, you have to put it up against Channel Orange, Blonde, all the Lucy's, all the remixes. And I'll put it to you this way Is there any sample or flip off this project that you can put up against Frank's Best Works?
0: Well, because um, I'm, I'm debating between Strawberry Swing and Nova Kane. You know, I want to pick Strawberry Swing, but I think conceptually I just can't do it. it can't. Strawberry
1: Swing is better. Like we can we can say for the listeners like Strawberry Swing is better. I agree with you, but you you have to pick Novocaine. Like
0: Yeah, I think I do. And I it, I, I feel good about picking it. It's really important to his catalog and his you know, his story. It's a good song. It's a big song. So I'm going to pick Novocaine.
1: All right. So, you guys already know where I'm going because Strawberry Swing, I will say I would rather listen to Strawberry Swing than almost anything off this project, but I can't pick it. And I think American Wedding is, for my money, the best written song off this project. But I just have to go with Swim Good because it's been a very long time since I've listened to like American Wedding and Strawberry Swing. Every once in a while, I'll just throw on Swim Good to be like, let me just see if it, like, it still works. And it always does. Yeah. And I think Frank Ocean's songs, like, Novocaine works in a vacuum. Like, Swim Good works in a vacuum. I don't know if American Wedding... Like, you have to explain so much to somebody for them to understand American Wedding if they weren't there for it. And I think that is the thing that, to me, dings it, where it's like Swim Good... I could be like, "Yo, put on swim good." I could put up "Swim Good" against pyramids about thinking about you. Be anything. Yeah, yeah. And it would hold its own. So it has to be "Swim Good."
0: All right, yeah, I feel. I feel good.
1: All right, Justin, we have our two picks. I pick "Swim Good." Cole picked Kane. Who do you think won this episode? Who do you think picked the superior
3: song? Huh? This is tough. This is tough. I gotta be honest. This is this is a really tough one. Um, right now. I would personally rather put on Swim Good. I think it's a more enjoyable song to listen to in your day-to-day life to the point that you were speaking, Charles, about occasionally throwing it on over the past handful of years and still liking it. That's how I feel about Swim Good. I'm going to put it on a playlist here and there. Novocaine is, I think, probably a better written song. And I think it's more integral to the frank ocean experience so i apologize charles i have to go with cold with this y'all one. are cowards, y'all, are cowards. Yes. y'all never go with your heart y'all always go with what the people
1: want <laughs> y'all always go with what the people want it's fine i'm the only real one left it's okay <laughs> no, i'm just fucking with you i love you justin <laughs> all right that's our show you want to you want to plug all the people that make this possible cool yeah so
0: all the listeners out there, you guys can vote on your favorite song, the song that we should have chosen, or that if you want to agree with us, you can go to the Spotify page, episode for this episode, and vote. There's a poll there, make your voice heard, hit that poll. Also, if you want to, you know, talk shit to us on social media at dissect, me. pod- <laughs> at dissect Podcast or at Charles X Holmes. Don't tell us to- what <laughs> 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 tell us tell us what we got wrong, what we got right. Um, and now we get to reveal next week's album which is kind of an album charles you want to tell them what we're doing
1: yes we're, we're next we're we're doing a grab bag episode okay we're doing endless which at this time felt endless uh which <laughs> is kind of an album kind of a fuck you to Def jam and then we're we're pairing it we're doing lucy's uh basically all of the accurate inner girls the the ooh, what's another lucy chanel provider chanel- lens, ooh, chanel. dhl Damn. oh yeah. man the remix is everything so we're doing a grab back episode you have to because i will actually say i'm excited for that episode because i think some of frank ocean's best songs just never make it to projects which annoy like chanel just being a song that he threw out there one day is a fucking yeah. crime
0: biking i mean i'm really Bikes, excited oh next, man oh do you like lens i yes uh, let's not oh, scroll oh, too much we're, we're giving away too much <laughs> we're
1: giving away too much in the next but yeah, episode it
0: sounds like a, a throwaway episode but it really is not i'm really looking it's one of my i'm most excited for this episode aside from blonde so check out that next week uh thank you to justin sales executive producer thanks to kevin pooler for doing audio production and thanks to bureaucratic for the great theme music
1: All right, we are back. Cole, we're doing another cultural exchange. Who wants to go first?
0: Should we, re- let's recap what our assignments were. I want you, I, I want to hear your your thoughts first
1: though. All right, so can you tell everybody the name of the song that you gave me?
0: Yeah, so I assigned you minimalist composer Steve Reich's uh, 18, Music for 18 Musicians, which is minimalist piece. Hopefully some of you guys checked it out. Charles, what did you think?
1: Oh, I love this. Really? I was yeah, I was inebriated though when I was listening to it. <laughs> and there was like one point where I was just like, I'm I'm one with the music right now. Like that's how I felt. Like I forgot I was listening to a song. And I was just like, This music is a part of me. Like it just it was so beautiful. I definitely you were spot on when you're just like you compared it. I was like, what's a comparison? And you compared it to an L C D sound system. Like, even though it is like classic music, it gave me the same surge and like palpitating groove of like a dance record um that it was so minimal and I was just so surprised that you could get something that is that complex in classical music that still sounds so so modern it did not sound like oh this is what your grandma listens to it it sounded like something you could just throw on in a place like oh shit like yeah plug it in my veins am i tripping i was actually very surprised
0: i'm thrilled by this i love that you loved it uh i think it is very accessible for how kind of wild it it doesn't sound wild on the surface but the premise of the music is pretty crazy it's just like like one note two bit notes you know stacked on top of each other which you wouldn't think would amount to much but it's really emotional and it goes places and it does entrance you in a way that i think very few kinds of genres of music can do um and so yeah the dance the kind of droning trance dance music comparison i think is is valid um so that's that's beautiful
1: i was surprised you dog you killed it you killed <laughs> it all right
2: all right now so, i
1: I, <laughs> okay. I know you're I wish not I gonna could. be positive about my pick <laughs> and i need justin to come in I, last week i gave you my first tape off the pbr and b syllabus we explained what that is essentially. Cole missed out on a lot of music, a lot of RB. He's not a fan. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna give him a syllabus of all of the the, the tapes, the music that people were bumping. The the creme de la creme. I gave him for his first assignment, party next door number one. I know he didn't get it. I know it wasn't his vibe, but I have to understand why Cole. Okay. Oh god. Um well isn't not
0: really necessarily. I'd probably say not. Uh, not in his demographic so let's just start there <laughs> not as not intent not as intended audience so let's just like you know that could color the conversation from here on out um i will say that the the production i get the appeal of the production probably especially at this time where you are getting this just kind of weirder different approach to R B back you know the beats of it where yeah there's a lot of the instrumentals i was like oh this is like this is a, a great vibe like i i get i get that part of it the singing and the lyrics like holy oh, come shit, on dude. Cole. come on dude like
1: Cole, come the on. lyrics are dope bro like this was my this is my village <laughs> villain origin story give me like,
0: like okay what's like your favorite track like give me a give me a quote like what's oh there's like
1: there's the basic bitch answer which is like objectively the song that is the best even though i put this song in the same place that i put like oldie and like black thoughts like hot 97 freestyle which is if you post this on any social media platform i'm gonna judge you like stop but break from toronto is a perfect song like it is a perfect song but welcome to the party come on like welcome to the party is a jam bro like what's good? Curious, to be honest. These like Big bit the mill, these are jams. You weren't turning up.
0: Um no. This I is, this was is my up. favorite
1: debut album of the decade. You understand that, right? Tell me why though. Like, really tell me why. It is because right, it is perfect. This is 10 straight songs, 30 minutes, in and out, all killer, no filler, just the type of like. Dirt bag, shit, shit talking like real demonic hours. Like you have to <laughs> tap into a special type of place that most humans aren't willing to go. Like I would never want to hang out with Party Next Door, P and D, bro. <laughs> no, but they're like, come on. P and D one and P and D two are some of the most important music, musical artifacts of a generation. This is <laughs> this is like foundational. You can't put on a song like What's Good Curious without me just like. like i just just talking about it gets me fired up Justin.
3: (laughs) like justin what is it about pnd one that you think cole isn't really understanding it's well i mean as you're saying this i'm thinking that the weekend trilogy walked so pnd one and two could run right it's like it's that just that it just captures like this dirtbag essence in a way that's like really accessible mm-hmm. though And i mean i don't know man cole did you like the production at least yeah you i say did you like i did production?
0: yeah genuinely the, okay. the a lot of the beats are interesting
3: yeah and like i think that um what's interesting is um i don't have the production credits in front of me but you know this was um i think actually charles would you say that pnd is the most successful non-drake ovo absolutely. artist absolutely Without a doubt, like without. Here's the thing: it's Party it, Next Door wrote some of the biggest Rihanna records of the decade. Like e- that's true too. Yeah, easily. Right, <laughs> and also who's his competition? Uh, Majid Jordan and. Uh, hey, whoa! I like Majid Jordan. Like, <laughs> let's relax here, okay? You know what,
1: Justin, for for my next for my next one for you, Cole, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Justin do it. Justin, you know where I'm going with uh, this. Are one. we are we doing it? You gotta set him up. You you gotta give it to him. This is our second on the PBR. It'd be syllabus. This is from one of my favorite RB singers ever. He never, he never made good on all his potential. He never did. We're doing the mixtape? We're doing the mixtape. We're, We're doing, doing the mixtape. Maybe you'll tweet it like you're tweeting it. You tweet it up. You tweet it up. You tweet it up it. Lay nice for the mother chicks. Screaming and think I need enough sleep. Shoutin' no was nothing cuz we put it up. We put it up. Woo! <laughs> the mixtape, not the album, the mixtape.
3: Not the album. Is it on Spotify? It is on. It's on Spotify. They put it on Spotify last year. So it's um is either last year or the year before? But Late Nights with Jeremiah, not Late Nights the album a right. difference and i would if you if you are so adventurous you can eventually do late nights the album, but you want late nights with jeremiah
0: all right
1: I'm putting what you did, on co- here's the thing
3: you're gonna preface
0: co- it with or anything or should I just go in blind
1: just go in just go in blind we will we will explain everything, but let me just tell you you're gonna be playing this around well, actually there are some songs don't play this around anybody uh you
3: have two small children uh <laughs> yeah dude, don't play the song don't play the song with little wayne around anyone
1: but hey you have a nice pino you know at night turn this on you're gonna set a vibe cole come on man i'm so ooh, right. man by the end of this man you're gonna be an aubrey's angel you're gonna be totally <laughs> in
3: my camp
0: <laughs> all right do you think do you think i like this more or than than party next door justin
3: yes because there's this kind of traditional hip-hop element that comes in and out of this mixtape also i just think jeremiah is more accessible as a singer for a first time listener than. party next Next door Door sounds like auto tune
1: nonsense if you're not on the right vibrational frequency which means uh you're not an asshole so like congratulations like you're not an asshole call uh you're a very nice man and i think that that is the thing that is like blocking you from really liking pnd is that you're just pure and sweet and good <laughs> jeremiah's
3: voice is and okay. he's
1: he's a far superior singer to to pnd no shots at pnd but jeremiah sound is one of my favorite singers
0: Sound of more more of my speed all right so my pick for you we're going to stay with steve reich because i can't just let you listen to music for 18 musicians and think that's what it is because he's way more of an artist than that and there's much more challenging aspects to minimalism i gave you like the minimalist for dummies i want you gave
1: me the basic bitch one i gave you the
0: basic bitch one i can't scare him away yeah so now i'm going to challenge you a little bit with one of my favorite pieces he wrote it's called different trains It's a three-part kind of a suite. It—I don't know how to, to describe it. It, other than it's like a documentary in music, like, but told through music. So it tells essentially the story of like World War II um, through this 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 beautiful and very challenging uh, piece. You'll see. The first movement's called America before the war, second movement's called Europe during the war, and the third movement's called after the war. So there's this whole very ambitious arc to it. You'll hear voices, you're gonna hear train samples. It's nothing like you're gonna probably ever hear uh or have heard before. Different trains. That's what that's Steve Reich, we're going we're going with it. Are you excited? <laughs> you're a very skeptical face
1: right now. Is this scaring the hose musical? Oh hell yes it is. <laughs> I'm just getting started too. <laughs> you're like you can't be like it's very challenging. I'm like dog. Can I play this around around my girl before she's just like dog? What is happening, bro? Don't worry. I, yeah. I play a lot of R and B music around her, and she's just like, what is? What are we doing? <laughs> so you're right, saying like this is a this is a alone day. Sit down with it. A little challenging. Gotta pay attention
0: yeah i think so i mean it's kind of long so maybe you don't have to like sit through the whole thing but definitely throw the whole thing on definitely give that first movement a, a good listen um
1: can i throw I, it on the sex playlist
0: <laughs> maybe actually a certain Stop! kind of Go! <laughs> a certain kind of uh, adventure but, yeah. dog,
1: all right cool we both got our assignments i'm so excited yo and we'll be back thank y'all so much
0: Woo! peace